and welcome to episode four of Educating Ashley, the podcast. So today I thought I'd share with you um, the teacher training interview. So um, I recently had mine and it was, do you know what, quite an enjoyable experience. I was obviously so nervous, like literally a bag of nerves and, um, and like driving, I was nervous when I got there. Um, when I was signing in to um, the school that I was interviewing at, my pen was really shaky and <laughs> it was all like, um, yeah, just really nerve wracking, really. But you know what? Um, the panel consisted of two people and those two people were absolutely lovely. They really made me feel at ease. And, you know, I think we forget that sometimes, don't we? Like when we're going for interviews and things like that, I always, I don't think this, but I think it's hard to not think that they're trying to trip you up but really it wasn't anything like that at all they were just so lovely and they they want you to do well you know <clears throat> they want you to show them all the things that they need to see from you so they encourage you to be able to you know unlock all of your knowledge which was so um um you know cathartic in the end really which I just I wasn't expecting it to be you know, so enjoyable. So that was really lovely. Um, and I think that's something that I've definitely taken away from this. Um, the fact that, you know, people want to see you do well. No one wants um, you to feel uncomfortable. So yeah, when you look at it like that, sometimes it doesn't seem so daunting. Um, but I just thought I'd go through with you what happened from receiving the letter that I had an interview right the way up to the interview itself. So let's dive right in. When I got the email to say that my personal statement had been approved, um, this is what they said. Dear Ashley, thank you for your application. Um, we have now processed your application and would like to invite you to attend an interview. Our stage one interviews are conducted on a face-to-face basis at one of our partnership schools. Okay, so also one thing I forgot to mention was um, if you wanted to hear how I um, wrote my personal statement or the application, um, that is on um, a podcast that I've done um, previously. So if you just scroll down and you'll see that it says um, teacher training application. So if you were at that and needed help in that stage, then um, go to there. Um, So then they said they gave the date, the time and where it was. And then the letter said, the, or the email, the interview should last for approximately one um, hour, 15 minutes, but please allow extra time in case the time is overrun. Your stage one interview will consist of the following, a 10 minute teaching presentation, a set of follow-up questions based on your presentation, interview questions delivered by a panel. Further details on what you will need to prepare will be emailed once a date is confirmed. You will be asked to present the following documents, original copies of your GCSE English, Science and Math certificates, original copy of your degree certificate, two forms of photographic ID, preferably a passport or a driving license. Please ensure that you have all these um, to hand on the day or advise us beforehand of any problems. You will receive feedback on this first stage of your selection process following your interview. If successful, you will be invited to complete your stage two interview tasks at a later time um, in the day online from home. You will need access to a computer and the tasks are completed via Google Forms, which will be emailed to you. The exact times will be confirmed once your interview time and date has been set. So then it says, stage two consists of the following tasks, written slash literacy skills, half an hour. Um, So that was the email. 
and obviously I confirmed the dates. Um, what I also did as well was um, just to make sure that I was preparing things that were on the right track. Where it said a 10 minute teaching presentation, I didn't know whether that meant <clears throat> something that was formal, you know, maybe with slides on how I would um, present a, a subject or present subject knowledge on something. Um, I didn't know whether it was that kind of presentation or whether it was a presentation where they'd like to see how I would teach a class or so maybe a starter or an activity or something like that. So I think it doesn't hurt to do this. So what I did was um, after I confirmed the interview date and things like that, I sent an email back to just um, because at the bottom, obviously, they were so friendly and they said, you know, if you have any questions. Um, so my question was, obviously, yeah, what kind of um, presentation were they expecting? Um, what sort of thing would they like to see? Um, just to make sure, like I said, I was on the right track. Um, and then I got a really helpful response back saying that some um, people who have interviewed, they've actually taught um, like hockey skills. Some have taught um, a new language um, and some have shown passion in their own sort of subjects or um, interests. So that was really helpful. So then I started brainstorming things that I could do and I decided to do a starter type um, session where I would pretend that they were the children and I was um, starting off the lesson. And I chose early years as well because that's where I have most experience and where I'm most comfortable, really. Um, so what I did was I thought, right, how am I going to start this off? So I did a brainstorm and I picked something that I knew the text of and I knew went down well with children and I knew that I could talk about as well. So that was the story we're going on a bear hunt. So by Michael Rosen. Um, and it's just a classic and everyone knows it really. Um, the next step was to find out what I wanted the objective to be. So I went on to Development Matters, which is obviously the national curriculum on the early years. And I saw that um, communication and language could be something that I could potentially explore. Um, and I thought about retelling the story um, because part of the strand for communication and language is this retelling the story once they have developed a deep familiarity with the text, some as exact repetition and some in their own words. So I was like, great, that's brilliant. So I know I have the story. I know I've got my um, learning objective now. So now I have to think, what is my, how am I going to weave my thread through? What am I going to do to connect the bear hunt story with my learning objective from communication and language? Well, I also have an interest in Makaton, which is a sign language, because I worked in a special needs school for like 13 years before um, this position. I was like, great, um, you know, I know Makaton, it's something different and it might be quite engaging and also fun for the panel to learn as well, um, in case they didn't know Makaton either. And I thought that actually I could enhance that learning because I could say that we were using Makaton to help children to retell the story. So that was the next bit of my thread. So um, I also knew that visually engaging material, you know, helps for, um, you know, lesson motivation in um, small children, so like in reception age. So I knew that actually story maps go down really well as well. Um, I did 
ask advice from my colleague who's amazing in early years like she's so good I really want to get her on a podcast or sometime soon so that would be awesome um she's called Sean but basically she was like if you story map it and then she helped me connect it all together so she was like you know you can use a story map towards the end of your starter to recap assess learning and see if they can sequence the story themselves. I was like, brilliant, you're so amazing. So that helped to weave the thread as well. <clears throat> so I knew that I wanted to teach Makaton. So I thought that the next step um, that was logical to me was to teach them the key signs. And the key signs within the book are obviously where they, um, where they have to go through, like the grass, the river, the mud, the forest, and the snowstorm. Um, the cave and the bear. So I was like, okay, that's my like key vocabulary that I'm going to use for my Makaton signs. I'm going to teach those first um, and then read the book and then test the learning with the story map. Um, when I was also talking to Sean, she was like, yep, and don't forget, you know, use your props, like use um, treasure maps. I mean, sorry, not treasure maps, use um, boxes, treasure boxes. Um, you know, make it exciting and engaging, pull out the sign, you know, and I was like, yes, that's amazing. And she also helped me to extend their learning as well, which is so key. So on the story map, once we've done it, you could also include some labelling of it as well. So, you know, that brings in your phonics and it brings in your blending, um, phoneme sounds, um, segmenting fingers. And there's so much that actually they can learn in such a short space of time within the starter. So I know I had all this information. It was all like buzzing around my head. So I thought I'm just going to put it down onto a story um, st uh, a lesson plan. So I'll try and actually link this lesson plan um, in the show notes so you can see, as well as the story map, just so you know what I'm going on about. But basically, I labelled it as teaching input. So that was my title. And then I said, gather children on the carpet and welcome the class and explain that we are going to be using Makaton today. We've been learning about an exciting story and then look inside the treasure box. So I'd say, and what story have we been learning about? Let's have a look. Um, and when I'd pull the book out and then I'd say, ask if children know what the story might be about. So I think that's good to check for prior knowledge and understanding anyway. So I didn't just say, this is a bear hunt book. I said, oh, look at the front cover. What do we think it is? What, can, what does the front cover tell us about what story it might be? Um, to encourage that prior knowledge and to encourage them to think, to think um, independently as well. Um, and I also had a little bear prop and then um, I put it together for them and explained, we're going on a bear hunt. But I might add as well, this wasn't to an actual class, this was just to the panel, but I was doing it as if it was, if they were the pupils, because I checked with them as well. I was like, when I was there, I said, oh, before we start, do you want me to pretend children are there and I'm looking at them or would you like me to look to you? And they said, oh yeah, look at us. So it's fine to clarify these things and they actually really don't mind. So um, once you've established that it was the bear hunt story, I then said, explain that we will be retelling the story of the bear hunt using Makaton. Look inside the treasure box and show children pictures of each key element. That's the grass, the river and everything like that. And teach them the signs. And as I was explaining them in very simple language, I was asking them to show their partner as well, because that engagement and interactivity really helps to keep them motivated through the session, but also um, builds on friendship skills, 
communication language skills to each other so you know in that short space of them showing they they're doing so much which is which i love um then i put ask children to stand read and sign the story together then i said ask children to sit down and refer to the learning objective again explain that there are some resources for children to practice retelling the story by remembering the macadon that we've just learned then the model of the story map comes out and um I would then talk about that. So um, I'd say, you know, oh, we went through these, the, these um, areas in the book. Who can remember where we went first? And then obviously, you know, they could say grass. And then I'd say, can you remember the sign for grass? And then what came next? And what was next? Um, and then I would say for an added challenge, um, we could even label this map. And then that's when I would say, oh, let's take mud. How many phoneme sounds can we hear? M, a, d. Oh, how many is that? Let's use our segmenting fingers. So hopefully they'd show three and then you'd say, oh, that's right. Let me see. Let's, let's, let me see everybody's fingers. Can we see three? Yes, three. And then we can say, and then we can write that down. M, and then you write the M, a, write the U, d, write the D. M, a, d, mud. That's brilliant. And then I went on to say, um, now we can choose, you can choose to make your own story map. And don't worry because your story map may look different from your friend's story map, but that's absolutely fine because this is your own work. Um, so that was quite exciting. And then after I'd introduced the story map and said that they could they could just choose theirs, I had some little um, sort of uh, bits that they could make it from. So I took out the bag and I said, you could have... Um, ribbon to make your sparkly reflective river so i was using all those describing words as well um i pulled out some cotton wool balls and i said you could make this your swirling whirling snowstorm it's very soft cotton wool um, and i went through each element like that and then i said there's also some other activities dotted around the class um and i gave quick demonstrations of what that was so um for example, I think I had a maths, a maths um, activity. So I had small bears and they were counting into caves. So I just said, you could use these small, small bears and put one bear in one cave, two bears in another cave. Look at the number shapes. Um, and then I said, and on the other table, um, I can't remember what I had on the other table now, but say it was, um, I'm trying to have a look through my planning. Um... Oh, I can't remember. But what, oh, it was a role play section. So I got a little backpack and I had a torch and I said, oh, you can look at this backpack. You can put it on. Oh, look, the torch can turn on and you can pretend you're in a cave with your friends. You can get ready to go on your own adventure, your own bear hunt story. So um, I, I had a little demo. And then to close the session off, I said, so who wants to come and make a story map with me and anybody else? go and explore the activities around the room. And that was it. And that was how I ended it. Um, but when I actually went through it with the panel, I started reading the book and um, I did two um, kind of examples of where of the place I think I got to um, Grass and River. And then I said, do you want me to carry on or shall I stop there? Because we do, it just, the book just goes through the same. <laughs> because it felt really like, I felt really patronising because obviously they know the story, they can read and all that. So um, I was just like, so that's that bit. Can I stop that bit? Which was quite funny because I kept sort of coming in and out of, <laughs> of my teaching style. 
but it was really nice because you know they were so welcoming and so um like lovely and natural that they were like yeah that's fine yeah okay then move on to that bit you know it was really nice to be able to feel comfortable um so that was my teaching input really if kind of that makes sense um and then they asked me questions um based on what I'd just done so the first question they asked was how do you think that went and I said um I think it went well I said I was really nervous and actually the phonics bit I um forgot to say and it wasn't until just before the end I said oh there was a phonics bit for an extension you know I'd say and if you want to challenge yourself um you can label your map and then I went in to discuss the phonics and I was really glad that I went back because it showed the knowledge my knowledge of the phonics program that we use which is little wandles so even though it was higgledy-piggledy in that sense I was glad that I went back because um otherwise I would have missed a big chunk and I probably would have um been really annoyed at myself afterwards so when they asked how it went I said oh yeah I think about well I was really nervous but you know I didn't really do the phonics in the right order and um they said no that's fine he said it just shows that you're a reflective practitioner so that was nice um and then the other question they asked about it was how would you adapt this to a year one group um which I thought was a great question and I would say that obviously I would still use the bear hunt but maybe um instead of them um labeling you know a story map I would ask them to write a piece of writing um, that could either draw on their own experiences of a holiday they went to, and maybe they went to five different um, places, um, or if it was like an imaginative piece of writing and we were doing space, it could be that they went to five different planets and then found an alien on one with like five googly eyes, you know, things like that, I said. So I would um, take into account their ability um, and then plan from there and obviously know what the objective would be. Um, but obviously keep, you know, the, the the premise the same. And they seemed to quite like that. So um, that was helpful. <laughs> um, and then the other thing they asked about it was what made you choose this particular lesson to show us? Um, and I just explained that actually early years um, and reception was a curriculum that I was really comfortable with because that's the curriculum that I'd known for, um, you know, 10 years in sort of having teaching experience and um, because even though our children were older, they were like seven, we were still using the early years curriculum because their mental ability was around that age range. So um, I chose it because I knew that I would feel comfortable with it, um, being able to show you, um, you know, what I can do effectively um, and my strengths, really. So they were fine with that as well. Um, so then they went into the formal interview questions and they asked me what makes a good teacher, which obviously we know like communication, organisation, planning, um, being able to manage behaviour, think on our feet, all those things um, uh, that I aren't, I said. And I tried to draw on experiences as well and where, you know, in some roles that I've had, I've um, been able to be adaptable because things don't always um you know work out the way you want them to um I explained that actually you know you need to have great communication skills with you know the caretakers the head teacher because we all are so important and play such vital roles in the running of a school and inevitably in the children's education they said have you had stresses and how have you dealt with them um I drew on some of my experiences from special needs schools where there's been times you know when we've had to maybe escort someone to the quiet room and it hasn't been 
um, a, a smooth ride and that can be quite stressful. But um, I explained that actually we have counsellors on site, but it really helps to have team cohesion and everyone looking out for each other, people checking in on each other and having things like um, positivity, um, which is where like um, Charlotte, one of our colleagues who was amazing, um, came up with this concept of a card with a tea bag inside it and it said just something positive like even a thank you or you're great for this and you know you help me do this and then it's anonymous and you just leave it on their desk or in their pigeon hole um, and it just helps to keep the morale high um, because sometimes things can get very stressful and very hard so I think having that positivity was great um, and then also the fact that you know hopefully we've all got great support networks at home where we can um, have that time to decompress really so then another question was what areas do you feel you need to work on so I was like um, um, probably I'm not very strong in geography so I'd like to be able to to sort of know a bit more about that and they asked about my strengths and I just said um, history and English because that's what I've been covering more they asked how much I actively cover lessons because at the moment I'm a um, cover supervisor which is the same role as a higher level teaching assistant and um luckily i've been able to cover lots and lots of lessons um because i cover ppa um for key stage leaders as well as any key stage meetings that they have to do so um as you can imagine it's quite busy for them so i've been um able to cover i said um like out of 10 lessons probably um eight of them which is amazing. And also I do staff sickness. So, you know, one hour I might be in year two, the next hour I might be in year six. So it's been nice to just adapt quickly because that's what I'm used to. Obviously working in a special needs school, you have to be like <clears throat> quick on your feet because behavior can escalate or, you know, you need to keep yourself safe and others safe. So um, I like to be sort of like flitting about. So that was quite a good question for me. Um, and then they asked, what do I know about the SKIP programme? And I said, um, I know that you have a mentor and that you're observed and that you are judged or not judged, but, you know, um, the course allow, um, requires you to be um, coherent with the teaching stand, teacher standards um, and that I would come to, like, go to a training hub once a week for my, um, for my training. So... Um, definitely look at the programme that you've applied for or the university that you've applied to because they did ask about that because they want to see that you're not only interested in um, teaching but also interested in teaching there with that provider so I think that was really important uh, they asked me if I had a preference I said I, I, I'm happy to go anywhere I'm happy to work together um, that's fine um, I do have a preference which would be um, early years or um, reception you know the um, I think it's uh, is it five to seven year. Um, however, I said, you know, if it's not possible for me to be there, then I'm happy. I'm happy to go anywhere else. That's fine. Because actually the year six is they've they've um, been quite tricky, I think, because they left um, they, when COVID hit and we went into lockdown. They were in year two. So they've missed out on a big chunk of their development. Um, obviously, they're learning, but also their development. So um, some of their traits are still kind of and behaviours are still that of year two. 
So that's been a really tricky time, but I've really enjoyed helping them through these things. I'll probably do another podcast on that, actually, because it's been really insightful um, working with year six. So, you know, you find all these things out and um, it's been amazing. Yeah, I've digressed. Sorry, I'm just trying to keep this podcast short because I'm aware of time. But there's just so much I want to squeeze in because I love it. Um, And they also asked me what makes a good lesson. Um, And I just said I really went on the uh, uh, I had on the side of behavior management and plan like organization. So for my organization part, I said, you know, we have to make sure that we have been organized in planning the lessons because that really is the backbone of your lesson, um, because everything hinges on that. So if that isn't organized, then actually it just causes chaos for what you're what you like the resources you need how you're going to set it up you need to know what they what your children need to know by the end of the lesson and you can only do that i think if you have such structured planning and then i said um the behavior side i think makes a massive difference to a good lesson because um you know if you can keep that behavior in a uh, in a calm environment then actually everyone is more engaged to learn. So then I just went on to talk about a bit of like behaviour management techniques, such as, um, you know, looking at the seating plan, um, making sure that people who are chatty, um, you know, aren't together, people who may have any um, hearing difficulties or sight difficulties that they're at the front, people who get distracted easily might be at the front as well. Um, and it's just how you place the, place the, the children also being able to incorporate movement breaks because actually sometimes children you know an hour is quite a long time for them to sit or they might not be able to sit for that long um so you know putting in those movement breaks um and adding their interest in whenever you can because that's going to draw them in and it's going to keep them focused um you know like for example like in year two i know they love um among us so when we did our movement break i made sure that we um referred to among us and had the among us song we were doing math so we used among us um pictures so you know those little tweaks you're still learning the same thing but you're just tailoring it to their interests because at the end of the day you want them to pick it up so that was kind of the way i went with that one about what makes a good lesson um and then they did ask something else. Uh, I remembered it as I was talking. Um, oh, is there a time when you could draw on someone else's... Um, did someone else that you were observing do something great? And what was it? And I was like, yes, Sean was amazing. Um, she wanted one child to... Um, um, I think it was adding or, or giving one more. And they just weren't. They went over to the dinosaurs because that's what they loved. And Sean just like completely like went with it and um and was able to get so much um learning but through play with dinosaurs um you know so she was like oh in the cave in the cave and and I think there was like a volcano and then and then she was like can you give me can you give me the can you give me one and actually the same outcome was there but you know the child didn't even know and they were so engaged and it was amazing to just be that adaptable um was such great practice um and uh and it definitely resonated with me a lot that did so yeah um so they were roughly the questions that I got asked um and then they said there and then if I was through to stage two so that was quite nerve-wracking but luckily I was so yeah another hurdle done um and then that was to be done online when I got home so then I got the following email uh, to Ashley, congratulations on completing stage one of 
our recruitment exercise. Your stage two task is detailed below. The task will be completed via a Google form, which can be accessed via the hyperlink and should be submitted by the submission time outlined in the task table. Once you've completed the set task, it will be marked in accordance with the skip recruitment procedure. You will be advised of the outcome by a member of the skip team as soon as possible. So my start time was half past two. So my finish time was three o'clock um, and it just um, the email had a link. So again, <laughs> another another nerve wracking um, experience. So um, I had to wait, I think, about an hour and a half. So it was nice because I just chilled a little bit, you know, regrouped and just um got ready for the next bit so um the first part of the literacy um, test was to write down instructions for the lesson that they saw okay as if someone would be covering your class and it said pay attention to grammar and spelling and things like that so basically i just copied my lesson plan so the teaching input that i read earlier that's what i wrote out um and then i just obviously made sure that all the um, paragraphs were in the right place and the grammar was correct and stuff like that so that was quite nice the fact that I'd planned so much that it really helped me in that um in that um task and then the second part of the li um, literacy test was um I had a, a series of questions to answer so um I'll just go through the questions but I won't do the answers because um I'm conscious of time um but however if you want to know some answers then just send me a message and I will and pop them over to you. So um, it says the list below contains a mixture of correct and incorrect spellings, which words are incorrect. So it said apparent, embarrass, exaggerate, accommodate, assessment, relevant, neighbour, immediately, environment and development. And so um, they're all spelt in different ways. So I had to tick the ones which were spelt incorrectly. And then the next question was for the incorrect spellings identified in the previous question, please record the correct spellings below. So then just I just wrote them out how they should be spelt. Um, and it was this, it, this task is designed to assess grammar, punctuation and spelling. And you were supposed to allow 10 minutes for this bit. So um, the other bit was 20 minutes. And this bit was 10 minutes. Uh, so another question was rewrite each of the sentences one and two, adding a colon to each. So the first sentence was I am going to take bread, cheese, apples, knives and forks. So we had to um, put the colon in the right place. And then the second one was. His, finger his fingerprints were found in two rooms, the kitchen and the lounge. So that was the other question there. Um, uh, what is the definition of the word recount? Uh, is it A, a process in speech or writing that examines alternative points of view? Um, a presentation of how something works or why something happens? or a description of an experience. So um, you had to write down what the definition was there. Um, and then it had the same options and we had to say, what is the definition of the word explanation? Um, and what was the definition of the word discussion? Um, so that they were quite good questions. Um, and then it said, uh, rewrite the sentence, inserting one semicolon and one comma in the correct places. Walking towards the cave mouth, they heard a growl. Now was the time to be scared. Okay. Um, another question was, the following sentence is written in active voice. The dog sniffed the tree. Write the sentence in passive voice. Uh, the other one, another one was, which of these statements uses the apostrophe appropriately? 
um, the puppy as content as it's possible to be gently wagged its tail. And so they were sentences and they had apostrophes in different places. And we just had to pick which ones um, were grammatically correct. Um, and they that was all. That was all the questions on that. Um, and then I submitted it. I was so super nervous because actually, because I was writing out so much, um, it seemed the time just went so quickly that half an hour. Um, but I didn't want to be late for it. So I submitted it. At th uh, I, was, I took, well, I was one minute over, but I think that was all right. Um, and I submitted it. And then I was really, really nervous. I, had a, I was waiting for two hours thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I hope I made it. I was so drained because you're being, um, you're being on a high for that whole time. You know, my interview was at 12. So from 12 till three, I was just wired. Um, and so, yeah, that was a very, um, very anxious wait. However, um, I got a really amazing email to say that um, I had met the expectations of um, what they needed to see and that I had got a place. So I was very, very, very excited to say the least, absolutely over the moon. And I really enjoyed telling my manager, who's a Senko, and the head teacher, who's another one of my managers, like, it was amazing. So now I'm just like, I can't wait to get to the next stage. I just want to know what literature I'm going to be reading and how it's going to be. Um, but what I can gather is that um, I'll be given a mentor, which I don't know yet. And then, um, then once September starts, um, it will all go from there, really. I'll spend two, Monday and Tuesday, I think, in the um, school where I'm at. Then I'll have Wednesday at the training hub and then Thursday, Friday back at the school. So um, that's a really lovely balance, I feel like, because it, it's nice to split the week up either side and have the, the theory and group work in the middle. And also <clears throat> all the trainees are going to be together. So that's really nice on the Wednesday to just actually like regroup with everyone, um, just discuss how they're feeling and what how everything's going their end to see if it, if you know there's similarities and how what I can learn from other people so that's really exciting but I just wanted to um go in depth really about because I've tried to be as in depth as I can with every um section of my teacher training journey because I couldn't really find anything that was really like and then I did this and then I did that and then I did this so um I hope that it's helped really because um I was just thinking of things that you know I would probably like them. Um, but if there's something that you want me to talk about or you want um, me to cover or you have a question, then please just send me a message. I'm also on Instagram um, under Educated Ashley. So it'd be great to hear from you because I'm um, always, always here uh, to just discuss and talk and share because I just love teaching and love um, inspiring our little people as well. So hopefully you found this um, interesting and useful and helpful um and yeah have a lovely evening or day or whatever you're doing next and i'll catch you on the next episode take care bye